Welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast. This is the show where we bring you the best tips, tactics, and strategies for using multi-channel marketing to dramatically boost your leads and sales. From the top sales and marketing minds across agencies, print service providers, and enterprise marketers, you'll hear what's working and not working, so you can be on the cutting edge without having to empty your wallet in the process. All right, here are your hosts, Mackenzie Farshid and Dave Rosendahl. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Pixels and Ink. Boy, are you in for a treat today. Oh, yeah. Today we have Dean Petrulakis from... Fuse. And... Kelmscott. E- yeah. And Kelmscott EDU. Oh. He comes to you from three different organizations all built into one. You're right. You're right. And it's a really exciting interview. We're looking forward to sharing a couple of key insights that came out of this conversation with Dean. Number one... You're going to hear what he does to stay ahead of the competition, how he educates himself and the investments that he makes in his own learning to help him stay ahead of the competition. This is something I think a lot of people will be interested in because this is a challenge we all face. The other thing he's going to talk about, if you're a printer, you're going to want to tune into this part. He's talking about how they made the transition from printer to marketing services provider and then also added in agency, if if I'm correct in, in understanding his process there. And then third... You're also going to learn, and this is something we get asked all the time, right? Um, how do I propose these types of services to my customer? If I'm a printer or if I'm an agency or a marketing services company, what's the best way to propose these types of multi-channel campaigns to my customer? And Dean's going to walk us through his process from everything around how he gets the appointment to how they conduct the early, early meetings that they have in the process and then how they bring everything together in a proposal uh, for the customer. Now, there's one thing about the proposal that's really kind of unique there. You're going to want to listen to uh, one key thing that he leaves out of the proposal mm-hmm. that he finds is, is helpful to them. So without further ado, let's go jump in and talk to Dean. Hey, Dean, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you both. I'm super excited to be on your show. I've been looking forward to this. I know it's really nice to have you since we've been we've known you for such a long time. It's great to actually have you on the podcast. I know the listeners are going to get a lot out of this. So listeners, you are in for a treat today. Generally, we like to start by getting to know our listeners. So outside of work, what are your hobbies, your family? Tell us a little bit about yourself, Dean. About me. Okay. Uh, well, I live in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I was born and raised actually on the East Coast in Maryland. Uh, came from Maryland to Chicago for college and stayed here uh, in 1988. So those of you who are good in math, you can quickly figure out my age. Um, um, but I don't care. I'm 47, so I'm not one of those guys who cares. I'm 47. Um, I, like I said, I live in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois, live and work in this area. Um, i uh, actually in Elmhurst, Illinois, and I live, I have a, a wife, Maria, and three children, uh, Andrew is 16, Pablo is 14, and Elena is 9. And as far as what I do when I'm not working, um, it's usually based around those three kids. Our life is consumed by our children. Um, so I'm pretty much running to high school basketball games or performances, um, whatever it might be for any of the kids. Um, and then when I do have any spare time for myself, um, it's usually um, – golfing with a client, which happens fewer and fewer and fewer these days because I don't have as much time. But golf is kind of one of my hobbies. Um, And then uh, I work out a lot in the mornings. That's kind of my healthy vice. Um, And I enjoy watching sports when I can, um, hockey, basketball, things of that nature. So, um, yeah, keep myself quite busy. 
So, Dean, I think we've known you since you were a young man in your early 30s then, if, if my memory's right. We go back probably 10 or 15 years, um, and in those days we knew you as Ryder Dickerson or working uh, for Ryder Dickerson, but why don't you tell us a little bit about Fuse, the company, and your role there in the organization and the type of work that the company does? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it is right there. I think we, we met each other, I want to say it's been about 10 years. I think it was 2007 or maybe eight weeks, so it's been about 10 years. So, yeah, okay, about a decade ago. Yeah, exactly right. Good memory. Um, so yes, in that time I was with Ryder Dickerson. Uh, I've been been with Ryder Dickerson since 2001. So I've been in this industry 20 years, actually. This this fall was 20, uh, 20 years that i actually wow. been in the print industry. So I know it's crazy. It's one of those industries that you get in and it kind of sucks you in and then you're in. Um, so, but yeah, Ryder Dickerson, I'd been with since 2001. And um, just in 2016, so you know, about a year and a half ago or so now, we announced to the public, I had been in works for a few years, but we announced it to the public in June of 16 that we had merged with two companies here locally, Kelmscott Communications out of Aurora, Illinois, and Buell Press out of Berkeley, Illinois, um, to merge and form a new organization called Fuse. Um, so that was a, a huge deal for us. And I know we'll talk more about that as we go, but in, in, in the nutshell version of it is we we brought three companies together who had similar capabilities in some areas, but a lot of uh, capabilities that were unique to each company. So the ability for the three companies to come together and upsell and upserve their clients with the new capabilities of the combined organization uh, Fuse was very exciting. And we're still, you know, early on in that process. I say early on because we we fused, as we say, in in June of 16. But um, there's a lot to still be done. We, we we the whole last year has been about moving into a common building together, which we did, launching our new brand and website. Uh, but there's still a lot to work to be done on the heels of that, kind of going forward and pushing ahead. But yeah, it's been a for me. This has been the the, the biggest change in my career in terms of being in the print industry, short of when I came to Ryder in 2001, I was with a smaller place, and that was the that up until that was my one move, and then now this feels like it's a whole new company, and it's by far the biggest biggest change that I've faced in my career in the print industry, um, in a good way, but um, a lot going on, bringing three companies together for sure. So, Dean, so that folks have a sense for the just the scope of the organization roughly how many employees in the in the in the combined company now so the combined company i think roughly about 150 and just to put that into perspective the three companies individually uh, were all somewhere between 40 to 60 employees somewhere around there 40 to 50 okay. 60 so each company itself you know, on its own feels like it tripled uh, so we're all getting used to working for a much larger company uh, just based on those numbers and out of the 150, roughly, how many are in sales? Uh, I'd say about, uh, I'm say probably in the neighborhood of about 20-ish or so, 25. Okay. And what's your specific role there? So my specific role is primarily um, business development, uh, and that encompasses a lot of things. But, you know, day in and day out, my main responsibility is to, uh, on the front end, is to grow relationships with my clients, um, new clients, existing clients, and really, um, especially with the with this merger and so much new going on, it's, I, I made the conscious decision 
Um, there were opportunities, you know, as the merger was happening that I could have taken on a different role, maybe gotten a little much more involved internally, um, but I didn't want that. And, and I know the owners didn't want that. So they were glad that I didn't want that because my true value right now is, is that my relationships with my clients and, and you guys know that it's all about, you know, without sales, there's nothing. So I'm, I'm really um, strategically growing business um, and building my, my, um, my business with my existing clients. Uh, and then also constantly looking for those new opportunities to, to, to start new relationships with new clients. Um, to bring top line revenue into the company. So, but I also do get involved in, in the marketing um, as well. Some of our marketing internally um, in terms of the marketing team we have. Um, so, but, but primarily um, my, my main focus right now is, is, is growing business. And I think that as you, you made this transition, because you said you've been working there since 2001, you have all those relationships, but not only that, it's about having that in-depth expertise, right? So if you've worked with these companies, you know their challenges, you know all about the things that they're going through, you can, from your vantage point, offer them solutions now with all of the new sol solutions that you have with the merger. And so you can take some of those and apply them to the challenges or needs or goals of the organizations you've basically grew up with, you know, you've, you've seen them grow throughout the years. And so you have that, that insight there. Correct. Yeah. Mackenzie. I mean, I know you and I had talked about that um, several weeks back um, when we were just talking about business in general. And yeah, that's hundred percent correct. I mean, I, I, it, I look at it in several layers, you know, I have um, so many different ways now with clients and a lot of my 2018 um, it's going to be about more strategically even looking at how I can engage with, with clients, with existing clients, new clients. And you look at it, yes, the first thing you said is 100% true. There's clients that I've been doing business with forever, since you know, from, from my rider time and beyond, you know, a lot of longtime clients that have only known us for a certain set of capabilities. And so now um, the challenge there is to continuously make them aware of the new things that we can bring to, to the table for them. And that's always an easier situation. Um, it's easier in the sense that you have their attention. The challenge can be sometimes they pigeonhole you for what you do and it gets a little hard for them to see you for something other than what they see you ahead. Um, so there, there is some, a challenge there, but the, the good news is that you already have their attention and their trust. So it's just a matter of getting the time with them um, and maybe not doing it all over one meeting, but just setting up various meetings to talk about maybe one specific new capability that um, and how that might be able to help them based on you knowing them as a client right so there's there's that that's kind of the low-hanging fruit but then there's also like i said there's but there's clients that i used to work with that maybe don't work with us anymore that i can re-engage with there's clients that i never even um worked with at all right um so there, there's that level of as well so there's so many different ways that I can engage with either existing clients, kind of win back type of clients, and then prospects uh, with a new story to tell. So yeah, from that aspect, there's really no shortage of opportunities out there. Dean, I want to dig into one thing you said regarding customers or prospects sometimes pigeonholing Pigeonholing, is that a word? <laughs> Pigeonholing you. Make it a verb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just... We made it one. Yeah, we were just talking with a, with a customer of ours last week around kind of the same topic. And and they were saying, you know, we've got all these new things to offer, but customers still primarily come to us for print and mail. And they're kind of dismissive of us when we bring, you know, some of these other new ideas into the picture. So I'm just kind of curious how, you know, what kind of advice you would have for organizations that find themselves in the same situation. And what have you done at Fuse to kind of break the mold of the expectation that the prospect or customer has of you? 
Yeah, that's a that is a uh, a challenge. I think we all have faced uh, in the print industry because I mean you all know very well because you service um, the the print service industry and the marketing service providers. You've been you've been in it from the the get go in this transformation and all the you know the conferences the D scoop conferences talking about transformation and you got to be more than just a printer. Um, but then the challenge in that is that, you know, when you're seen as a printer and your website shows you as a printer, you know, how do you, con- how do you overcome that when, when someone goes to your website and in 10 seconds it reeks of print, right? So um, you, have, you have to overcome that. Um, and I, I have, <clears throat> there's no doubt in my mind that um, I faced some of those very same challenges early on. And I still run into those. But I, I tell you, Dave, one of the ways, and it was, a decision we made actually with this, with the merger, we had the opportunity to do this. We maybe because we were forced to do this, but I still think ultimately it was the right thing to do. Is we looked at it like, okay, here's a chance. We've got this merger. We got a chance to come out and rebrand ourselves. Um, and so what we did is we made it a very clear distinction. Fuse was going to be all about print. And if you go to the Fuse website, if you go to fuseteam.com, there's nothing on there but print. We don't talk about integrated services. We don't talk about email marketing and lead gen and retargeting. We we don't talk about that in the print. We let print be print there. However, we, we have two sister companies. We have Kelmscott and then Kelmscott EDU that are both owned by Fuse. So Kelmscott.com and Kelmscottedu.com are Fuse companies. So owned by Fuse, but Kelmscott is more of our agency offerings, our creative services. That's where we talk about lead gen, marketing automation, demand gen, um, Salesforce, CRM type marketing, all the types of things where we're getting into um, more of the marketing type conversation. Uh, and then creative and things of that nature, content. And then in the Kelmscott EDU world, it's all higher ed. That's, that's our business devoted to higher education, which already was a business under Kelmscott. Kelmscott EDU had already been spun off and um, existed, so we just rebranded it and gave it a new look and added some more to the scope of the website and some of the services. And the beauty is Kelmscott and Kelmscott EDU have those websites, and the, the story is not print. The story, the lead story is not print, but yet being owned by Fuse, we still offer print services through them. It's just not the lead story, whereas in Fuse, the lead story is print. 100% print. So we tried to make it a really clear, and it's, it's already paying dividends um, as well. We've had some some wins because of that um, clear distinction. So I think, you know, for us, that was the, a, a real um, strong decision in order to, to, to separate the businesses that way, because then it just makes it really clean and people don't get confused about who we are when they go to Fuse versus Kelmscott versus Kelmscott EDU. So, Dean, when you walk into a prospect, are you, this is kind of a silly question, but do you have three cards on you, you know, and then you pull out the right one depending on the situation? <laughs> or how, do you, how do you navigate that? You know, who are you given, given the particular interaction? That's so funny because, yes, you just, you just uh, got into my world a little bit there. Yes, I actually, I do have, I have three business cards um, because, because I do live in all three worlds. And I just have to, I have to know um, with the client, especially with a new client, I have to I have to know going into the, that first interaction who I'm going to be um, for that client, um, and it's it's a real easy in most cases it's a real easy decision, right? Like I'm not going to call on a creative agency and go in as Kelmscott because that's a conflicting service. I'm going to go in as Fuse because most creative agencies only want to work with us as a printer, 
And the other way around is if I'm going in to meet with you, Dave, and you're the director of marketing um, at XYZ company, I'm most likely going to go in as Kelmscott because I can talk about the whole shooting match. I don't just have to talk about print. So, and in EDU, it's very simple. I mean, that's the easiest one is all my higher education clients um, are under EDU and we talk only about higher education and specifically how to help them grow enrollment um, and things of that nature. So yes, I do have, I do have three business cards. I am, I'm updating my LinkedIn profile here um, to, to make it a little cleaner and, and make that distinction there on LinkedIn as well. I've been working with someone to kind of help me navigate that because that's a little bit of a challenge. I do have three email signatures. So yes, I do have a little bit of a triple identity going. <laughs> so I have a question. I want to dig a little bit more into your sales team. So I know that you said out of those roughly 150 employees uh, across all three companies, you've got about 20 salespeople. And so I'm curious, are the salespeople, do they specifically sell for the organization that they work for? So for example, are the people that are salespeople specifically for Fuse, mm. do they only sell print? Or do they have the knowledge or the ability to go into a customer and sell all three solutions? How does that look? Good question. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, Mackenzie. That and um, and you know, like m most companies across the country, that you know, print, when it comes to print, you're always going to have the handful who um, really get it, and then those who don't, and then the ones that don't get it, but who still want to try to sell those services with some help. So we and we're no different. But what we've done is we do have specialists. I mean, we have some people who just who sell only print or sell only printing on plastic because that's the Buell business, that the Buell press business was printing on plastics in the quick service restaurant. So, and they kind of stay in that lane. Um, we have other people who are comfortable selling only, um, you know, certain types of print. And then we have other people on the flip side who are more comfortable just in the creative world and selling marketing services. Um, so what we set up though, um, to kind of navigate that is we have um, we have product leads or product champions or for lack of a better way of putting it. So let's say we have, um, you know, Sarah and Sarah um, sells print only and isn't comfortable talking about lead gen or marketing automation. Um, but has Sarah um, smart enough to uncover an opportunity, she can then bring in the champion and the product lead in that area who can accompany her and really help her kind of work, or work through that situation with a client and hopefully bring that to an opportunity where we might win the business. Um, you know, we have large format printing now and that that's not an area that a lot of us knew because um, at the writer side, we didn't offer that. So now if I have that opportunity, I bring in our large format champion, our grand format champion and really have her drive that opportunity. So we've set up a model where you're not expected, um, nor should you um, yourself expect to know everything about all the services we have. You should know enough to know that we have the services and know enough maybe just to have the conversation and to, to guide the conversation. But when it gets to, to the real deep discussion, getting into the weeds, you gotta be smart enough to know, okay, I gotta bring someone in on this to really help me bring this home. And uh, that's how we've set it up. That makes complete sense. Okay, so now I want to take it away from the sales team side to talk about internally how you learn about it. Because one of the things here at Mindfire, and this sounds silly, but some of the things that I'm doing in my team or someone else is doing in their team, we don't necessarily know. And so let's say someone on our agency services team is working with a client and they're doing some really cool use cases. Well, I want people on my demand gen team to know about those use cases so that when they're talking to someone, 
they can offer a solution, but they might not know about it. And so with you having three different arms internally and doing so many things, you know, some people having this new large format and some people doing multi-channel, you know, how do you internally stay informed about all the different departments and all the different cool things that other people are doing? Do you have meetings or how does that work? Yeah, exactly. That's the, and that's a big, that's a big emphasis going into 2018 because 2017 was all about integration. As I, as I mentioned at the, at the top, you know, we, we announced the merger in, in June of 16 from June of 16 until March of this year was all about the three companies getting moved into a new bu- a building that was completely renovated and built out. So that was that. And then it's launching the brands and getting into the building and, and integrating processes. So this year has really been all about getting together, um, coming together, and then um, kind of kicking off, off the brands, and certainly not losing any clients along the way. So, it's, But we're looking at 2018 now. It's okay. Now we, we just had a company meeting actually last week about this, about it's time to turn the page now. And now that we've fused, it's time to really push ahead and, and, move, a, and move ahead now and, and grow and, and kind of hit the ground running in 2018. And part of that is that what you just mentioned is, is the, the meetings, the getting together, learning about what all the different divisions are doing. And we've done that already in our sales meetings. Uh, when we have the sales meetings, we do typically focus on, an, uh, we have um, someone present maybe a, a, an opportunity they had. We also have an, uh, an, an all staff email where we share wins, we share successes, um, and we talk about it. And then the, the guys are also, the, the sales team, the, the, the gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen on our sales team are encouraged just to get on our own to get together and talk about opportunities, talk about things that are going on just as a group without even scheduling a formal sales meeting. But for sure, in 2018, we're going to get a lot more strategic about what you just said, about making sure that we know what's going on in each area. and We know about some of the successes that have happened and how they came to be, how did it become a success, what made it a success um, so that everyone can learn from that and, and try to you know, replicate that in their own way, whatever their way is. So for sure, that's going to be an emphasis going ahead. Yeah, it's so funny because you think you think everyone knows what's going on, but we've, we've internally, Dave, you know, I mean, this is something that I think Dave spearheaded really strongly is, hey, we need to be getting together and we need to learn about what other teams are doing because at the end of the day, that's the only way you're going to be able to offer really unique solutions. And that's, I mean, that's something that you and, and us have in common is we're not an out-of-the-box solution, right? We're really about bringing unique personalized solutions and in order to know the different options that you have available, you have to be having those conversations. Totally. Totally. Yep. All that collaboration, the idea sharing, um, for sure. We're we're big believers in that. So I want to transition now to something you told me earlier um, as we were getting ready to record, Mackenzie, uh, about a campaign that Dean had shared with you recently. Can, Mm -hmm. Can we transition to that? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so Dean, you and I had a chance to catch up last week and you shared with me a really exciting campaign that you guys are offering uh, to a one of your customers. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was actually, uh, it, it, it excites me because this one is, this, this, this campaign and this engagement with this client represents what, what the merger brought to the, to the forefront and how we can engage with folks in such a different way. Um, so I'll give you a little of the background. So the client is a, is a, a a school here locally, they're actually a, um, a private a lower school, so K through uh, 8, who's looking to go K through 12. Um, and they, uh, we've worked with them for about over a year doing nothing but print. 
Uh, we've been doing, we've been printing all their high-end admissions materials. It's a very expensive private school, so they have to recruit, like a college would recruit, really. And they, and we've been printing all their admissions materials for the past year. So, uh, funny story is that um, they're, uh, the person who does all, all their design um, reached out to Eleni, who you guys both know, you know, my account manager, Eleni, and um, he sent Eleni an email, and she forwarded it to me, and the email that Eleni forwarded to me, she said, hey, how would you like to handle this? And the email said, you know, Eleni, we're looking um, to uh, um, generate awareness and um, excitement around the launching of our high school. Um, and we are looking for, <clears throat> excuse me, an agency who can help us brand um, with content creative and really help create a campaign that's going to build momentum to grow enrollment for the, uh, the school in general, but specifically for the upper of the high school. Can you make some recommendations? And then, you know, Lenny said, how would you like to handle it? So I just simply replied really simply saying, we can do that. And she, I said, please set up a call so we can talk to them. So, you know, long story short, um, Lenny and I had a few talks about it internally. We pulled our team together and this was a perfect opportunity for actually for our, um, our creative services, but all tied in within the EDU brand, because it's really, even though it's not college, it's still education related. So we actually had several meetings with the client and we let them know that, um, you know, with the merger that we had this whole new opportunity to help them in a way that, you know, was beyond just print. And we explained the whole relationship of Fuse and then Kelmscott, Kelmscott EDU. And we really focused on the Kelmscott EDU part of it and the fact that we could help them with enrollment challenges. We could help them with creative. We could help them with digital marketing. We could help them with direct mail. We could help them with, um, content strategy creative all under the edu brand um, and they were blown away they're like oh my god this is incredible so we actually won the business uh, competing uh, um, against uh, another firm that was bidding for it and we won the entire campaign and this initial campaign was um, it's in the works right now and it's all being driven towards an event on december uh, in the mid-december that's going to be a um, kind of a groundbreaking type of ceremony, phase two of the building that they're building. And then that'll launch into subsequent campaigns into 2018 for the school. And then on top of that, we're getting opportunities to talk to the higher ups about their other schools across the country where they need help. Um, and this is all thanks to our ability to be more strategic um, on the Kelmscott EDU side of things um, that we won this opportunity because we were able to not only, you know, have a client reach out to us just for print. This was about, hey, can you help us create a brand? So we did um, we did a brand platform. We created the messaging. We created the, the visual positioning. Um, and now we've put that into direct mail pieces, digital marketing, signage. Um, and it's all going to be wrapped up with an event. And then we're going to do some post-event marketing um, as well. Um, so I said it's, it's got kind of the, all the capabilities uh, tied into this this campaign, um, and it really excites me because that this that's the type of business that we can win going forward. Dean, I know one place that folks tend to get tripped up on is they they hear the the requirement or the need from their customer, but then they try to translate that into specific strategies and tactics, and they don't know how. So I'm curious, how did you navigate that from the point in which the customer said, "This is what I want to do." to you and your team coming up with a strategy and a set of tactics. How did you actually do that? Yeah. So for me, Dave, it, no matter what, whether it's a complicated um, engagement like this 
or a, a, a simple print request, actually, I, it's the same process always is that um, I always start with making sure that we fully understand what the client wants. So for me, the process is always first and foremost, um, in this case, especially with getting a chance just to have more of a, a needs assessment discovery type of meeting. And I made sure that I made sure in that meeting that the right people on the client side were going to be available because that was going to be all about a lot of questions, a lot of answers. Um, it was us asking a bunch of questions, um, clarifying what, what the opportunity was. And I'm glad we did have that meeting because it was, you know, those clarification questions actually led to a lot more enlightenment on our end of really what the opportunity was um, for us to even get to the point where we could present a strategic brief. So, you know, the process is you sit down, you, you assess the opportunity internally, you meet with the client maybe once or twice. In this case, it was once with a follow-up call. Um, and then from there, we presented a strategic brief. And, in our, and, and for we do, a strategic brief is our step right before the proposal. It's really how we would um, we present that to the client. We always sit down with them and present it. And it's how we would interpret the opportunity um, it's kind of us re coming back to the client saying, okay, here's what we heard, here's the, here's the opportunity, here's the challenge, the objective, and here's how we are proposing to um, solve this. Um, and it's no prices, nothing. It's more, it's more overarching strategically how we're going to do it. We get their buy-in, that they're in alignment with how we are going to go about it. Once we have their full buy-in on, on that, then we go to proposal stage and then obviously from proposal then we go into execution so there's a it's kind of like that three four step process in there and on my my job dave is really as you know kind of a sports analogy is to be the quarterback in, um, in terms of and maybe even what's up above that it's not even the quarterback because it's really more um in that case it's more of a, maybe the coordinator um because my team is doing a lot of the heavy duty executing. My job at that point is to make sure I bring the right people to the table and knowing who the right people need to be um, right off the bat so that um, we can have the most um, productive conversations with the client right off the bat. So for sure, like in my case, I got our creative director involved right away because I knew there was going to be a brand discussion happening and, and strategy and messaging pillars and all those things. So our creative director was involved right from day one. Um, and our director of EDU, Kathleen, was involved, um, as well as a few other of our team members, you know, Eleni, our, the woman, our woman who heads up grant format signage, because there was going to be a lot of signage involved with the event. So it's just a matter of getting the right players to the table and then me just making sure that I'm facilitating that and then letting them kind of day in, day out do it while I'm um, you know, kind of one step removed, uh, but always staying involved. And that's kind of the approach that I've taken um, with a lot of my engagements lately, because I need to be still focused on, okay, I got to bring that next opportunity in and the next one and the next one. So I, if I get too mired in the day-to-day -day execution of it, I'll never be able to get that next one in. Now, you just talked about getting all the key players from your end. So when you're having these conversations with them, who on, on your customer side, who, what are their roles? What are, are they the same as the people that you were typically talking to before when you were just speaking about print? Or what are the organizational roles that these people are playing that you, that you're speaking and sitting down with? Right. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, the, st the stakeholders on the client side um, is so so key to getting them involved right away because we want to make sure we have the right people involved. And it, Mackenzie, it varies based on the client and the industry. But like in this case, at the school, 
for this example, it was um, actually the school director for himself, and then it was um, the director of communications, the director of marketing, and the director of admissions um, were all heavily involved. They all were key influencers slash decision makers in this process. Um, so the, all those roles were involved. Um, and just to in a more broadly answer your question, you know, in a in a higher ed thing in the higher ed world, like in our higher ed business, we're typically talking to the vice president for enrollment, the director of admissions, the VP of marketing, director of marketing level, those type of people. Um, and then in our in our kind of B2B environment on the business side, um, we're typically, again, we're talking to directors of marketing, um, sometimes even CMO level for sure, VP uh, marketing level, um, brand managers when you get into some of the quick service restaurant side of the business, you know, brand managers, that type of level. So decision making type of people, um, whereas opposed to the print side, um, that, that was always dealing more with like the print production people, but that's changed a lot too now because, you know, print, print has been kind of consolidated in companies and sometimes people are buying print and digital because they've eliminated roles, whatever, but the print, the print decision makers, you know, typically we're not a tie up on the food chain um, as, you know, the, the people that we're dealing with more on the marketing side. So, I um, mean, it just varies with the client. It just, the, the challenge is in the, in the, it's imperative for, um, someone like me to make it um, to, to just to understand who needs to be involved to make sure that I have the right person that I'm talking to who ultimately is going to make this decision or have a hand in this decision um, and making sure those people are involved. And uh, I've canceled meetings before when that person wasn't going to be in a meeting because it just makes no sense. I know that sounds crazy. It's like, oh my God, you got the client, you got the meeting. But I have done that where I'm like, we should reschedule. Because I want to make sure, because you know how it is. It's like the old game of telephone, because it, the message gets translated differently if you're not there. So, like, if I'm meeting with you two and you both are the key decision makers and one of you isn't there, um, it, it'd be, it's hard for me to have that meeting knowing that one of the key decision makers who's going to have a big weight in the decision isn't in the meeting, because there's so much in that dynamic of that meeting that can get lost if you're trying to recap someone in an email or whatever. So, yeah. Now, Dean, if you're playing quarterback, to use the analogy that you just uh, used to describe the process there, it, it seems to me that you will need to know or, or have known you know, a lot about all the different aspects of what's going into meeting the customer's needs. So you need to know everything from print to digital to marketing automation, lead generation, brand building. You, know, you, know, you need to know a lot of different things. How do you personally stay on top of all of the information that's out there, all of the new things that are coming our way, and then use that to kind of direct your team and, and get them going in the right direction. Yeah, um, I, it's funny because actually it all, it, it, I think I have a couple ways to answer that. One for sure um, is I've always felt that um, my background always served me well when this transformation started happening to printers around 2007, eight, when we were starting to all feel the pressure of morphing into the MSP model because I didn't come up through the print industry. Um, you know, a, a lot of my brethren in this industry um, came up through the ranks, either production people or actually, you know, they worked in, in production in some capacity. Um, me, you know, I've been in printing for 20 years, but my background is marketing communications and that area. So I, I came from the other side and I, my 
career started in marketing. Um, and actually, you know, even furthermore, it started in higher ed, which helps me with my higher ed clients. So I feel like I have a, a real good advantage there in the sense that um, I came into this industry more with a marketing communications mindset than with a print mindset. Um, all that being said, you know, I've been in the print industry 20 years and I um, have, you know, obviously know a ton about print now and paper and all those things. But then, you know, Dave, when we actually became a client of yours back in 2008 or seven, whatever it was, I made a really binary decision at that point. I said, I am going to throw myself into this multi-channel world and I'm going to learn even more about integrated marketing and I'm going to just bathe in webinars and conferences. And so, you know, I made it a, a, just a conscious decision that I was just going to learn as much as I could about um, multi-channel marketing and the digital side of things. And I continue to do that today. Like I don't go to many print conferences anymore. I really, there's really, I just, I just don't. I know I saw you guys at Graph and that's because it's in my backyard, but if Graph wasn't here, I'd probably, we wouldn't go um, just because I'm more interested at this point in, in continuing to expand my knowledge base in the other areas. So I'll go to marketing conferences for the AMA. Obviously, I'll go to higher ed conferences so I can learn what my clients are learning. I watch tons of webinars, digital marketing, content marketing, um, read um, my, my news feeds that I follow. I don't have many print news feeds. I get, you know, news feeds more from like, you know, I read your guy's blog or Marketo, whatever it might be. You know, I just, but I'm just, I just, I'm a, a learner. I just learn and I constantly want to learn more and more. And I uh, like to try to associate with people that are smarter than me so I can learn from them as well. I have conversations. Um, so, you know, all the years of working with you guys, I learned so much from Joe Manos and just his webinars and seeing him speak and just talking with him. And even just watching him lead a meeting and being on the call with him. So I just think it's it's work. But a lot of people don't want to put that work in. A lot of people don't want to, whether it's, yeah, they don't want to, either they're scared to do it or they just don't want to spend the time doing it. And I just, I made a conscious effort that I was just going to put the, the work in and the grind and, and just do it and, and learn more than I already knew. And um, I continue to do that today. I just, it's just kind of my philosophy. So let's imagine that you work 40 hours a week. I, I would bet you probably work more than that, but let's just imagine you work 40 hours a week. How many hours out of that work week do you spend bathing, if you will, <laughs> in all of this information? Oh, God. Yeah, a lot. I've never put a number to it, but it's like it's, it's you know, between, oof, God. I've never even thought to put a number to that. Roughly. But it would, roughly, I'd say yeah. probably all told with it when it's just my reading, watching videos, conference, probably I'd say north of for sure north of um probably north of a dozen to 12 because you think you're maybe an hour here 20 minutes here reading an article watching it. so maybe if it's like um, on an average of an average work week of five days if it's you know an hour to two of each of those days so you know 10 to 15 hours a week okay of just just consuming content then the weekend sometimes i'm watching i'm listening to podcasts so it might be more of that and it might be less i've you know i you're the first person that's actually asked me to put a number on it, but I, um, I just I, every day for sure, every day I'm doing something, whether it's a webinar, whether it's just reading blog posts, whether it's reading a magazine that I have, listening to a podcast. I've I've tried more and more in my drive time to listen to podcasts instead of listening to the radio, um, just wherever I can because my time. It's funny we all have the same amount of time that we had years ago, but it doesn't feel like we do. So. Um, 
24 hours a day. It's still 24 hours a day, but it doesn't feel like it. Yep. Yeah, you have to be using all of the time that you have to, you know, be educating yourself. And, and that's something, listeners, that we actually hear from all of the people that we feel are really successful that come on our show. That's a common thread. It's the personal development. It's spending time not viewing, like he said, you can view it as work or you can view it as an investment in you, in your growth, in your learning so that you can go, then go take these solutions to your clients. Because without being on the cutting edge, you're just as good as yesterday's news, you know? And so, yeah, it's work. But I, Dean, I'm kudos to you. I know that with all you've got going on. That's awesome. And I think that that's probably what, you know, one of the main things that sets you guys apart, you know, that allows you to continuously bring all these new opportunities to your customers and the best, most efficient, applicable solutions. So with that, I just want to thank you so much. How can people get in touch with you? I'm sure people are going to have questions or want to connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I love to, I, I, I love in any way I can um, doing that. Um, so people can uh, get hold of me uh, a few ways. Um, the easiest way, if you don't know me, is to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn. Um, you know, my name, Dean Petrolakis, easy way to find me. There's only one other Dean Petrolakis out there. So, <laughs> um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lawyer in California that other than that is the only Dean Petrolakis that I know of. So, um, you can, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at D Petrolakis. Um, I'm pretty active on Twitter as well. Um, you can also, if people, you know, are, get some value out of this podcast and want to reach out to me, they can email me. Um, I'm no problem giving my email address out. It's dpetrolakis at fuseteam.com. Um, so if anyone wants to shoot me an email or and something that I said in this podcast, pique their interest, they want to talk about it. Um, that's the one thing is I, I just very passionate about bringing value to people and connecting with people. And, um, you know, I've, I've learned from a lot of people and in this industry and other industries. And I love, you know, when I can help other people as well, for sure. So, yeah, those are the, the three easiest ways to get me is LinkedIn, Twitter, or uh, straight up emailing me. Perfect. We'll actually go ahead and in the show notes on our blog, we'll make sure then to link people to your contact information, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, as well as your email so that they can easily reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm more than happy to share that information. Well, it's been great having you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Now now today you can mark an extra hour out of your schedule because you've now given it to us to have, have people learn. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And I know you brought a lot of actionable insights into our listeners. So I'm sure they're thanking you on the other end. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I was glad to do this. I mean, I, I'm glad to spend the time. You guys have always been uh, super about sharing your time with your clients and always been great with the education and giving a lot of your time. So I was, I was glad to share my time with you guys for sure. Well, maybe in a, maybe in a few months we can get back together and you can tell us a little bit more about how that, that program's laying out. We want to hear about how the uh, event is in December. So maybe listeners will come back and, and let you know as, as you journey through this process, maybe circling back so that people can hear about it. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Absolutely. For sure. Awesome. All right. Well, have a great rest of the day, Dean. You guys do the same. Have a great week. Take care. All righty. Cheers. Bye-bye. hope you got as much value out of that conversation as we did. Um, I really appreciate all the different aspects and knowledge base that Dean brought to us. So I'm sure that you guys are swimming in information right now. Bathing. Bathing, as he says. Yep. Now that know that you can always go back to iTunes or SoundCloud or on our blog and listen to it over. You can pause. You can continue on. We've heard that that's what a lot of people like to do so that they can hmm. start to take notes. So sure. know that it's always available for you to go back and listen. Next. 
please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so that you can continue to get all these new episodes and you can continue to learn. But then also please share this with other people who you feel would benefit from the content as well. It's all about community and building that building that relationship. So we'd love for you to spread the word and come to us with things that you want to hear too. This is this is at the end of the day, it's for you, right? And McKinsey, I think you intend to have Dean back on the podcast, um, as you mentioned, to get some of the added insight around how that campaign unfolds. You know so it. Yeah, so folks, send us your questions. Send McKenzie your questions, your comments, um, and anything you want to know from Dean so that, that at the next episode we can ask your questions, which we often like to do, so that you're getting the information you need. So send those into McKenzie, and we'll uh, get those teed up for Dean. Yeah, so you can always comment at the bottom of the blog. We definitely monitor those actively. Also, you can go ahead and email me at hello at mindfireinc.com. Again, that's hello at mindfireinc.com. Dave is laughing. No, Dave, no. Okay. I'm just smiling. Um, You're throwing me off. Okay. But yeah, listeners, we had so much fun today. Thank you so much for being here, spending your time learning here. I know that you, your customers, your team is all going to benefit from you spending that time educating yourself. So have an awesome week. Have an awesome day. And we hope to hear from you soon. See ya. You've been listening to the Pixels and Ink podcast with Mackenzie Farsheed and Dave Rosendahl. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit mindfirestudio.com slash blog. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, keep testing your marketing to find out what works for you and your business and get ready for your leads and revenue to grow. We'll see you in the next episode.